with Alan Moore. Good evening and welcome to the uh, number one hour of sport in Russia and mainland Europe. Uh, I'm here, I'm Alan Moore, of course. I'm with you me Bichkova. Bichkova. And Ali Knight is still here. Yes, I am. You're still here. <laughs> and Eugene, Eugene, a big, big question. Sales uh, of World Cup tickets, how are we at the moment? Well, that's tremendous. I mean, over 1.3 million ticket requests have been submitted over the past 24 hours as the second phase of ticket sales for the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia was launched on December 5th. That's actually yesterday. Mm -hmm. So currently, most applications have come from Russia, while international demand remains uh, pretty high and accounts for almost a third. So fans from, uh, I would uh, name five top countries, are Argentina, cool, Peru, Ooh. Mexico, USA and uh, Colombia. They're USA. USA. Even though the yes. USA are not, co are not haven't qualified, but uh, they're still going to be here. Still, people are wanting to come, so they're on the fourth yeah, place now. I'm not surprised because Americans are like great lovers of sports. They are. It's the number one sport in America. Well, no, not soccer. Yeah, yeah. The number one participation no? participation sport in America really? is soccer. In Canada, the same. Yeah. But of course, by in terms of like kind of prestige and so on, it's like uh, baseball is number yeah. one. Then, and then American Iron. football, obviously. Exactly. Hockey, Hockey base, uh, basketball. But soccer is still the number one participation sport in America. What and do Canada. Mean, what do you mean participation? That people more people play it than any other sport. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's more than yeah. basketball. I'm so surprised. No, no. I'm really honest surprised. to goodness. Yeah, I swear. Because when uh, I was playing and coaching, Ollie smiled at me, thinking when I said, honest <laughs> to goodness. And she, sa she just said to me, I'm a bad man earlier on. But um, no, in all, in all honesty, um, uh, when I was coaching and playing in Canada, uh, when the statistics came out, more children and adults were playing uh, football or soccer than uh, any other sport. So mm. it's the highest participation sport in North America. Did that actually change after they had the World Cup, or no, th that no. was even before that? It was well. I suppose in '94 they had the World Cup, so um, I think it was always very, very strong, uh, and it was kind of isolated into two kind of camps. It was isolated into the say Hispanic market, uh, and then the kind of the middle and upper class kind of uh, market as well. So like kind of private schools played soccer because it was you know it was it's an expensive sport to play in America and Canada as well. And why then are Americans uh, relatively weak in soccer? Because again, it's a very expensive uh, sport to play. So here, for example, uh, my little guy. More he, expensive he, than baseball? Way more expensive. Baseball, you mm. just basically rock up, you get a mitt, you get a baseball bat, a ball, and you play. But in soccer, if you... It's just a ball. It is technically, <laughs> technically, yes. Like Pele said uh, last week, oh, it is just like a ball, and you don't even need a patch of grass. Yeah, everybody thinks that it's easy to do every sport. But, but it's not. It's expensive because you see what they do is in America, if you want to get good coaching and good facilities, you have to pay. So when you pay, that's that's the biggest thing. Because we had uh, Eric Stoffelshaus, the sport director of Lokomotiv Moscow, who, of course, was originally was uh, Schalke of uh, Gelsenkirchen in Germany. Mm -hmm. And uh, when he was in Canada, it was the biggest problem that he saw. And I mean, he told us here in the show, he's said many, many times that um, if you have money, you can play with a really good club. Best facilities, uh, best coaches, best support, and so on and so forth. However, if your parents can't afford to pay, say, fifteen to $20,000 a year, then, you know, basically you have to make do with whatever is left over. Mm. And it's not like here where there's a range of clubs that you can just, like, pick up with and so on. It's, you know, and $20,000 is a lot. Mm. Is a lot. So you have to be pretty well off. Um, compared to Europe, say. Compared to Europe, where basically you just have... Two, three euros and you go and play for a week. So, yeah. So, soccer, no one participant sport. Some, something new that I learned today. You can dig it up <laughs> and use it for the next balls in Eugene. Eugene, thank you very, very Thanks much. Thanks a lot. We won't keep you up. So, thank you. we're going to kick off our Capital Sports fully here today. Um, so, we have, of course, today, we've got reaction to the World Cup uh, draw, which took place last Friday. We've already seen the ticket sales booming. Uh, 1.3 million requests already. Yeah, Katarina's going yeah, to tell I us about I tried she yesterday is. because I saw this news. Uh, that the tickets are on sale, like the mm -hmm. second half, and I tried my best, like not to catch, but th just to check how it worked. And I was surprised that it's uh, very tough to buy the ticket because you have to pre-order this. Yeah, yeah, you have to basically book the ticket, and then if you have money in your account, then, yeah, then, then it then goes. Then it's a lottery. It's a lottery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a lottery. Well, so, whoa, I was surprised because uh, a lot of good matches in Moscow, and whoa, very, I would love good. to. To go and watch some. Go outside of Moscow. Go so to Sarans. So you register and then 
It's Go to Saransk, yeah. seriously. <laughs> What's wrong with Saransk, lady? I think Saransk is a lovely city. Um, a friend of mine who we met, Ilya, who we met last weekend at the Lokomotiv game, Ilya uh, Kazakov, he is, a, uh, he is the ambassador for Saransk. So. Yeah, it's not about the city. It's just like why I have to go to Saransk if if I, I live here in Moscow and I I obviously should have a chance. You to gotta visit, see the no? world. Yeah, exactly. Go to go, <laughs> you haven't lived if you've seen Saransk. Uh, trust me, I've seen uh, a lot of cities in Russia. It's the Paris <laughs> of Mordovia. The Paris of Mordovia <laughs> is what they call it. Okay, so we do have a reaction to that draw which took place last Friday. Uh, we actually will be speaking with some. Uh, we will speak with two people who were there last Friday. Uh, we'll have a look ahead to the latest in the English Premier League and the Russian Premier League. Um, and of course, we know the final lineup for the US College Football Final Four. We've got a very, very, very small taste of be very very late on the show and um, we have um, to round up what's happened what will happen January 6th for the English FA Cup the third round draw which uh, came on Monday uh, and of course we have European football because there is Champions League football on tonight huge game in Anfield uh, Anfield of course is Liverpool uh, the home of Liverpool Liverpool are playing Spartak as you, you, yeah, Eugene yeah. said so that's going to be a good one <laughs> already um, announced <laughs> exactly so uh, yeah so you know I, I think we, we'll, we'll start off I guess with Russian football the Premier League Okay, so uh, Siska, they destroyed Tosno 6-0 at the weekend. Um, Spartak, they escaped from Rostov with a 1-0 win. And Zenit, yeah, Katerina's going to beat me because she's going to have to start working very, very quickly. Uh, so Zenit, they got lucky with a 2-1 win at home to Urali Katerinaburg. And Dynamo, Moscow's fourth wheel as they're now known, they upset everybody, well, except their own fans, uh, by beating Rostov, um, who... Uh, who uh, who, who? Excuse me. They, they were in the Champions League last season. Yes, Dinamo beat them two nil. You can't just start to make me laugh. Okay, <laughs> and uh, as well as they did, Small revenge. Yes, <laughs> as well as they did, Ange. They, they were basically given a four nil win over Skahabarosk. Dinamo are still third bottom on nineteen points. Ange are second bottom on nineteen as well. Uh, Ska they're pretty much doomed. They're bottom of the whole pile. Uh, Dinamo they have closed the gap t- uh, to automatic safety. Um, and Rubin they're in twelfth place, just one point ahead of them. Will they survive? Dynamo. Well, look, we've lots of matches to pay, play. One more this weekend, and then we have the sort of spring and so on. But you know, if you know, if they do keep up that form, they have a chance of staying up. And I know it's kind of unfair with all the funny business going on behind the scenes with them. But um, it, you know, the, the Premier League does need them. Like I mean, it's good. They, they, they do bring fans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We, uh, we did see Jan Mavilia play on Saturday against Slocum, and he got a good result in court. Yeah, he, he lost on Saturday, uh, as we saw in the other day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but he won in court. Uh, yeah, he won in court. Uh, basically, a local ro- uh, judge uh, ruled in his favour that he should be paid by the de- dealing with what he's owed. Um, and it doesn't mean that he's going to be paid, but at least it's sort of moving things in the right direction. Uh, and he will be quite happy. And uh, so if Dinamo do sort him out, it'll look well for the club in Russian football. If not well, it could end up in an even another big, big court case. As Alan said, look at top of the pile on 42 points. Uh, Zenit second on 36. TSK uh, are uh, a point back in third and Spartak with 34 points in fourth. Interesting how well Spartak have recovered. Only a short time ago, Carrera was on a last chance. Now he's eight points from first place. I know, I know, I know. I mean, and tonight, like, he has a chance Fantastic. to go into the knockout round of the Champions League. Regardless, he's done a great job. He's got, it's great to see Spartak doing so well. That is true. I'm not just saying that because um, lots of people around me are Spartak fans. I do think it's good to see him because Russia needs Spartak. And, I mean, there was a time when Dinamo were going to be ahead of Spartak in the league. And that was going to be something. But, um, you know, they have Spartak are in good form. They're a good side. They have good players and yes, they will need to be strengthened in the winter, uh, during the winter break. But, you know, as I said, it is good. They bring fans, media, hatred, interest and they even bring money. <laughs> you mentioned transfers. One that I've heard mentioned is small of to West Ham. Any news on that? Actually, yes, I do. I do. I spoke with a reporter um, last, uh, well, actually earlier on uh, yesterday on a show uh, before this whole thing come up with uh, doping but um from the london evening standard uh, newspaper and uh, now he did say that west ham are looking at their options um he's very very close to the club. i mean he he, re- he reports on the club like uh, uh weekly um he said look while small of his one of many players are looking at they are a little bit worried about his fitness and um his strength and how he'll adapt into david moyes uh who's west ham manager the new west ham manager his style of play now small of is he is a really really good scorer he's a natural goal scorer but he's very very streaky so he'll Score for he'll, he'll score for two three games and then do nothing for four. Um, each season that I've 
covered him. He has been linked with everybody from Bayern Munich, from Hamburg, Liverpool, and nobody ever really bothers to buy him. You know, and then this season, Spartak and Zenit were saying, oh, we're going to buy him, going to buy him. And, you know, he stayed in, in Krasnodar. Maybe he likes the weather. Uh. Yeah, well, I mean, most people do. That's true. So that's probably right. But um, I think it's more that the big clubs, you know, they're a bit worried about investing in someone who's kind of a, they, you know, kind of, you know, from tennis, like a flat track bully, you know. Uh, he'll beat up on the little sides and then chokes on the big occasion. Um, now, he scored, what, 10 league goals this season. But as far as I know, seven of them have come against the bottom three teams. Um, and, you know, he kind of hid when he played against Spartak and Zenit. And we saw him do the same. He, he did less than nothing against Lokomotiv. And look, don't get me wrong, he is a good player. West Ham are a pretty dire team, even though the team that I grew up supporting. They need goals. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe Fjodor, he'll get six goals at the end of the season if he goes in January, but there's, you know, there's two things to worry about. Maybe the World Cup? Yeah, yeah, spot on. Ollie. Yeah, so, you know, he, he'll probably, he's more of a chance of getting an injury in England. Uh, the game is faster, tougher, and more physical, so he's not kind of up for it and the other thing is that if he's there and not playing well and kind of like Pavlichenko um, you know he'll be in bad form so he'll be kind of worthless then when he comes to, to back to Russia for June but he scored two goals against Spain Spain Alan not some little team it's I know just like... but listen it's a friendly it's a friendly and yeah, yeah you're but right anyway it's Spain is correct I mean they're still a great side but um, look he, he's only in what in competitive against Russia he scored two times twice against New Zealand and Liechtenstein so you know you know he's, he's he is good quality he suits Krasnodar but he's just that I don't know I don't know Wally what do you reckon he's just um, maybe you're just not that into him <laughs> yeah you know so I mean like yeah if he asked me on a date or Artem Juba asked me on a date like you know I would consider it Jordan, I don't know um, because, well, he was kind of rejected by Victoria uh, Lockerdeva. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. They're going to hell. <laughs> I know, seriously? I know. Yeah, well, I'll keep you secret. What's wrong with there. your mood tonight? I you're know. Like... I'm just in a, I know, in a strange mood today. Um, <laughs> but I'll keep, I'll, keep you, I'll keep your seat warm in hell when, when you arrive eventually. So, okay. Wow. Quickly, quickly, because we have a call coming up right now. So, um, this weekend, we have the last match before the winter break. Dinamo, they have Angie out in Himke at 4.30. That's uh, on Saturday. Tickets on the club side and at the stadium. Lokomotiv, they're away to Tosno on Monday at 7.30. Now, Loco are going to look to try and avenge that f- defeat from earlier on the season. Um, and, oh yeah, you, Catherine, your two teams are playing this oh, weekend. Oh yes, yes. Back to my two clubs. Oh, Spartak yeah. have CSKA to warm up Moscow on Sunday. The match is in the Atkrita Arena. starts at 4.30. You're taking that one in for Capital Sports. Um, yeah, I am. I am. I will. Like, I'll, I'll go take that one in because I can, look, I, I want to see yeah, how this, this plays out. But this derby is always interesting. It is. The energy yeah, is great. Huge. The atmosphere. Yeah, yeah it will be I very, very imagine, good. Yeah. Neither can afford to lose. Both need and are desperate to win. And uh, look, a draw is not good because if they do, they're going to lose ground on on Zenit especially. Yeah, so and actually, both clubs have huge supporting teams. Exactly. So, so Adi, are we ready to go to the phone? No, unfortunately, the phone, the call dropped, oh, so no. I'll have to call him the third time. That's okay. We'll get him back on. So, listen, Zenith, just to, to catch up on them, they have, uh, you know, listen, since it's gotten cold in Russia, they have been getting worse, uh, but they are most likely going to win in Grozny. So, you know, if they win, either Zenith or Spartak have to win. Now, Spartak, of course, we know. We're going to speak with Danny Armstrong a bit later. They're playing tonight against uh, Liverpool. Uh, as Yevgeny said that, you know, Spartak do need to win and they need a bit of help as well from the other game. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, we, we saw, say, this weekend, we saw Lokomotiv win. Um, the game was terrible, though. Yeah, that's true. It was awful. Sorry to say this, but it was, uh, obviously, it was, like, really, really terrible. <laughs> but why, what, like, what, like... I, I mean, mean, it was, like, it was, like, the last game of the season, seriously. It, like, everybody was, like, not interested and it looks, like, so slow and... Everything was in the middle almost. I even don't remember a lot of like uh, these uh, hits, you know, to the... Yeah, I mean, I think it was one of the worst games Lokomotiv will play, but they still won. They came away with a 1-0 win. Yeah, because we watched a lot of, uh, like, in the last four months. Yeah, yeah. This was one of the worst, I think. No, it was terrible. It was really, really bad. I mean, it was it was a pity to see, you know, uh, Lokomotiv end off the home run like that. But it doesn't matter. A win yeah, is a win is a win. Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to actually yes, say. Uh, and you just, like, say it before. <laughs> Always <laughs> like this. <laughs> So, okay, we're ready we to go? do have our call. Right, so we yes. are very, very... We're on. He was with us in the stadium on at the weekend. He uh, was a big advantage because he's going to be able to preview two teams. First. One is Panama, one is Peru. So we're going to go to David Sagata, who was in snowy Moscow. He was trapped in the snow here in Moscow. So, David, how are you doing? 
Hello, Hi, Jamie. how are you doing? Good evening. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, good. Listen, how are you? Good. Listen, um, the weather has turned into winter wonderland for you. So are you enjoying the snow? Oh, yes, definitely. The attraction of being here for, for almost a week snow Listen, was, was really interesting. <laughs> so this is the real Russian winter everyone is telling about <laughs> all around the world. <laughs> so listen, yeah. Dave, David, tell us. Um, so your 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 team, Pam, they've they've qualified for the World Cup, of course. Um, you're also kind of uh, you're half Peruvian, so you have a foot in both camps. But um, how big is it for Panama to have made it to the World Cup here next year? Well, it's it's huge. Um, the qualifying for the World Cup. Uh, initially changed a lot of plans for people, uh, as, I, as I've said uh, in, in other occasions, making it to the World Cup uh, has to change how people see the tournament. We're used to seeing the big teams and seeing the big players, but this time it's going to be different because we're going to follow our team, play against uh, these, these big uh, national teams and these great players. So it, it, the impact is huge. Uh, been here for as I said, almost, almost more than a week uh, covering the draw, uh, listening to the coach, and then after that, just is getting in touch with with what uh, Russia has to offer for the upcoming. Okay, just a little bit <laughs> back up sideways, from sideways. yeah, just a little bit back up from World Cup. Uh, how did you enjoy the match uh, at Lokomotiv on Saturday? Oh, it was fun. It was it was uh, interesting. I wanted to see what we wanted to see what uh, the Russia league was all about. Even with this with this weather, which I know and I've heard, it's still mild, but still fresh. Which I don't understand how you can say that, but uh, we we, <laughs> we experienced that in in a, in a good way. Uh, I have to be honest; it wasn't probably the best match I expected, but you know that that uh, Farfan Heather made, made it all made it all good at the end. Of course, I mean, I mean, uh, okay. Speaking about Jefferson Farfan, so he is the the main man for Peru. Um, what do you reckon Peru's chances? I mean, the, the group, for example, like you know, have Peru. Just tell us a bit about the the, Peru, the Peruvian team and their chances in the World Cup, if you can, David. Well, it's interesting when you look at at how Peruvian coach Ricardo Vareca uh, made his team to through all these qualifier. There's a point where he started. Uh, counting more on youth players and the players of the future. And they were almost like focusing on what Qatar 22 was going to be like for Peru. And maybe that was the chance, but then uh, a bad choice by Bolivia and this, and the, and the arbitration process gave them the points that allowed them to skip a couple of places ahead and then all the way up to the, to the, to the playoff spot. And then, uh, there's a point where where Coach Gareca calls back on these old guys, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just meaning the guys that had more experience or 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 had traveled more with the team. And then Fun was definitely one of them. He never called back Claudio Pizarro, who had uh, had a a great moment in Bundesliga many years ago, and was still part of this process. He had played with Gareca, but uh, he he did trust on he had put a lot of tr- put a lot of trust in Farfan. Mostly when Guerrero was out of play, and and he he ended up delivering. He scored that goal that that allowed the qualifier to to take the road to the World Cup against New Zealand. That's great. And it's okay, Panama. Just uh, if you could just tell us just quickly, what like you know how, you know what are their chances like for the World Cup? And just tell us like who, what players? Give us two players to watch out for for the Panamanian team. Well, ever since we qualified, I mean, the the phrase that has been more repeated is that this is a learning uh, experience, a learning event for Panama. We've never been here before, so everything is going to be something new for everybody. Uh, we have to be, keep an eye on, on Gabriel Torres, who's playing uh, in Switzerland. Uh, our goalkeeper, Jaime Penedo, he's playing in Romania with uh, Dinamo Bucaresti. And the, the, the defenders, Roman Torres, plays in MLS with Seattle Sounders. Uh, those are the names that you have to pay attention to, as well as Gabriel Gomez, who is playing on Colombian League and probably uh, still stay there, but will change teams before the start of the new season. So we have a couple of players that that are interesting. They're very experienced, uh, but at the same time, there's a mixture of youth on this team that that will probably give them what they need in order to be competitive in this tournament. Listen, fingers crossed, David. And listen, thank you so much for taking time. I know you've got a very, very important call coming up shortly to back to Panama, but we will see you again very, very soon. And thank you so much for being a guest of Capital Femme out at the Urgent Day Arena on Saturday.
Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Thanks, David. You take care. Have a good day. Bye. 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 Okay, so that was David Zicata of Panamanian TV, uh, who was our guest, of course, at the RGD Arena, um, courtesy of Lokomotiv, and, of course, we here at Capital FM uh, last Saturday. So, okay, very, very quickly, we're going to get to a song right now. So this song is a throwback for lovers of the English Premier League. It was the league anthem in 2010-2011. can be still heard everywhere, and it's played over in, well, over and over in pub, club, and here on Russian TV and especially as a background for highlights. Now most recently I heard it in a cafe in Budapest. It's Kasabian and Fire. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Приложение в Нева Тауэрс – одном из самых известных комплексов Москвы. Теперь к потрясающим видам на столицу мы предлагаем отделку апартаментов, европейский дизайн и ведущие мировые бренды. Все будет готово для вашего комфорта. Только в декабре при покупке апартаментов отделка в подарок. Апартаменты в Нева Тауэрс с премиальной отделкой? Вот это подарок. Какой у них там номер? 499-300-0303. Проектная декларация и подробности акции на сайте nevatowers.ru ООО «СТ Тауэрс». Okay, we are back for the second and a kind of shortened segment today uh, because of our, you know, trying to get as much in as possible today because we're kind of really, really squeezing it in. Like we're kind of like, uh, I don't know, Linford Christie or something in running short. So anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. I mean, uh, I thought that uh, actually December usually is the end of the season of everything and you just don't... I, I I never felt that uh, we have a lot of news. Sports. Yeah, yeah, no, no, news. it's all happening. It's all happening. Yeah, it's so cool. Exactly. So, um, okay, so we're going to have a chat in the next segment with uh, Danny Armstrong, our great friend from Manchester, who we know is a Mancunian, because we're going to chat all things English football, about the World Cup draw and so on, because, of course, the Manchester Derby is this weekend, uh, as well as the uh, uh, Liverpool Derby. Um, however, on Saturday, West Ham, they have Chelsea at the Olympic Stadium. Kick-off is at 3.30. The Hammers, well, they came close to ending Man City's unbeaten season last weekend, and unless they get a point, at least this weekend, they are in real trouble. 
as well as that London Derby Alan just mentioned, and Dennis Manchester's one, <laughs> the Liverpool Derby is on Sunday too. That kickoff is at 5.15 p.m. you have any opinion on these games? Anything to watch out for? Oh, yeah. Well, I oh. listen, I'll watch. Yeah, I know. I know. Listen, I'll watch that match on Saturday and I will watch the two of them on Sunday. I'll take that kind of like that kind of bit of a day off. Um, the Liverpool Derby. Yeah, that's going to be good. That'll set you up because the Manchester one's at 7.30. Um, that's going to be good. Uh, and I actually, I do. I, I think that Liverpool are going to score, or sorry, Everton will score, but Liverpool are going to score one more. So I think it's going to be Liverpool win, but both teams are going to score. I think it's going to be a very, very tight match and good. And the FA Cup has put Liverpool and Everton together again at Anfield 2. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So we mentioned at the start of the show on January 6th, it's going to be a big, big weekend. And there are still some, there are still some of these like uh, semi-pro teams from the lower leagues. They're still involved. Uh, so this round, the third round, is the one that everybody loves and dreams about. Upsets and shocks. Yeah, it's kind of like the first round of a Grand News Slam. Like, yeah, <laughs> when these like kind of, um, you know, unknown players beat top seeds or reigning oh, champions. I hate, I hate this part i'm yeah, sorry but this is what you did in the u.s open <laughs> when you beat kuznetsova yeah, actually you know uh, when players, after a couple of years i even sometimes hated myself because when you do something like this then you have to go and then do something more and, and, I was, and that's what <laughs> i didn't do you know at us Why open not? 2005 i don't know something happened what happened what are you like what do you want me to say? <laughs> Read my... I want the yeah. truth. Come on, I want the truth. I'm going to share back with you, you can't handle the truth. Okay, no, it doesn't matter. No, it's not about the truth. I mean, uh, seriously, it's just like I was not prepared to beat the, one of the top seeds. I was not prepared to play the second like match. I didn't know what to expect from myself. And I was like putting too much responsibility that I beat like a third seed, like def defending champion and uh, next round was awful. I mean, I was struggling yeah. so much and actually what I wrote in that post, it, that supervisor, like actually not supervisor, but the champion, he didn't help me. <laughs> let's oh, say yeah. like this. Right. And it was just too much for me that time. Too much to you. Well, on there we on go. me, let's there say like go. this. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so there will be those upsets and shocks uh, like that one in the US Open when you can bring in beats and so on. But it's going to be fun. There will be some hammers as well. So still on Russian football very quickly. Last night's discard. They were in Manchester to play the mighty United and they lost narrowly 2-1. That was a really, really good match. Um, the result means that they're going to be playing in the knockout round of the Europa League in February, but at least they're still in Europe. True. Same with Spartak who are in Anfield tonight to play Liverpool. They need to win and rely on last placed Maribor to beat Sevilla or simply beat Liverpool by four goals. That is so easy. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's true. So on uh, Thursday, well, we'll ask Danny, he'll, he'll tell us if it's easier or not. So um, uh, Thursday, and we have Zenit only needing a draw to finish top of their group. They play uh, Villarreal. Uh, Lokomotiv, they have a, a bit of a bigger question to answer. And I was in contact with uh, Dimitri Bulikin today. He's over with Lokomotiv. Actually, Alexei Smertin sent me a message. He's in Liverpool today to watch the Spartak game. Uh, so Lokomotiv, they are in Zlin, the Czech Republic. And a win means that they will be in a European action in February. A draw or loss leaves them relying on a result in Copenhagen, where the home side will have Sharif Teres Ball to contend with. Uh, it's a good sign that three Russian sides will be playing in the spring. Four would be, well, as we keep saying, excellent. So, OK, listen, Oli, who is into the, the Champions League knockout round already? I can help you with that. Okay. I, I got it. I got it handled. You're so the best. We have Manchester United, uh, Basel, PSG, Bayern Man Munich, Roma, Chelsea, Barcelona and Juve. Oh, very strong lineup. So Seska for sure in the Europa yeah, League. Yeah, 100%, 100%, yeah. They're there. Well uh, done. Yeah, Spartak as well. Yeah, and he could have Spartak and hopefully Loco as well. And Zenit, of course, we know. Uh, okay, so that's football. Very, very quickly. Uh, there is hockey and KHL to think about. On Thursday, Spartak, they are going up against Seska in a Moscow derby, sort of getting ready for the weekend. Uh, the first puck, drop, first puck even drops at 7.30 at the VE, VTB Arena. Tickets are available at the venue and online. And we have three Moscow teams right now in the playoff picture. Siska, they are in second place chasing Ska St. Petersburg. Uh, Dinamo, they are sixth and Spartak are in seventh. Vityaz Podmoskovi, who play out in Podolsk, are trailing just a little bit in 11th place. Spartak, they are playing Br Slovan Bratislava on Saturday, also at the VTB and that starts at 5.30. We need to talk World Cup, no? We do, we do. We'll very, very quickly talk about the World Cup and then we go to Danny. So, uh, what is your... You, you're happy with the Russia group? Saudi Arabia... Seriously, <laughs> Saudi Arabia. if I am happy or not, it's just uh, another group and 
you never could say if you're lucky or not until you play your matches let's say like this yeah but it's a good start on june 14 with kickoff can say yeah i mean the first match is like it's not easy you never could say that this is easy first match you start like the world cup 2018 so it's also responsibility yeah. you know and you play in your country uh and you want to show good like good game but it it doesn't work like this, unfortunately, always. I think it, I think yeah, so we'll see. And Saudi so Arabia is probably the the best team from the group to play first match. I think so too. Yeah. But Saudi are not easy. Saudi are not easy. They qualify for yeah, a no very one is top easy. Asian Come group. on, everybody went to play off. So like, it's yeah, just look, like, yeah, come on. exactly, exactly. So it, you can't be except, bad in being a world except uh, Russia. Yeah. Well, exactly, <laughs> as the hosts. Okay, so uh, we're going into a song and then to a break, and we're back. Then we'll be back with Daniel Armstrong. So last year, David Guetta. His number was the anthem for the European Football Championships, which were held, of course, in France. Right now, it's burned into my DNA from just listening to it over and over and over. It still gets aired at matches, and a former colleague in Croatia told me that it's used by NK or FC Zadar in Croatia during their game. So, David Guetta, and for everyone listening at home or in the car, wherever you are, this one's for you. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
любитель вы автомобилей, так как любим их мы. Доверьте заботу о вашем Mercedes-Benz нашим специалистам. Звезда столицы Каширка представляет до конца года выгодное предложение для Mercedes-Benz А и Б классов, а также Цела и Гэла. Техническое обслуживание от 13 100 рублей. Подробности в официальном дилерском центре Звезда столицы Каширка. 495-974-2223. 974-2223. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. The one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. Capital. Capital. FM. Capital Sports. With Alan Moore. Okay, we're back for the last part of Capital Sports here from the studios of Capital FM here in snowy a winter wonderland, Moscow. Uh, okay, we're going to talk about a very, very a burning issue in the ice cold of Russia right now. But we will talk about it in, in, a, in a well, we'll, we'll give it a little bit of an airing. But first, just a quick mention because we got a message in about uh, the NCAA football playoffs, the American uh, college football playoffs. So it on the January second, Georgia and Oklahoma they're facing off the Georgian Bulldogs and. The Oklahoma, oh my goodness, I just remember what Oklahoma are. Okay, Alabama, the Crimson Tide, they're playing the Clemson Tigers. So Oklahoma Sooners, yes, yeah, sorry, the Sooners. So yeah, so that's those two games. The winner goes into play for the uh, the grand prize of number one college football team in America. Okay. With my favorite nicknames. Exactly, all your favorite the Badgers <laughs> and so on. So yeah, I mean, there's great controversy. And when they pick these teams, it doesn't make sense because they don't play against each other. So the teams in the West Coast, they play in a different conference. And the guys in the West East Coast, they don't play each other. So it's kind of it's very very strange, you know. So it's um, why did they explain this? Yeah, it's it's all because it's a lot of it's to do with TV it's just deals. Because. And, yeah, just because it's America. <laughs> it's like that, so. But yeah, that's yeah. it. They just want to do it for that. So, so uh, yeah. As I'm looking up at the screen here in the studio, and it's on Moscow 24. So I see a man who I met, who I actually interviewed, uh, Mr. Rodchenkov. So we do have to mention Dopey just a little bit. Yeah, just um, pathetic. Yeah, because the Russian athletes last night that they're told that they have to compete as neutral athletes in the Olympic Games uh, without a flag, without a uh, crest, the Russian crest. Uh, of course, it's going to cause some problems for the ice hockey team, and yeah, so well, it's caused problems for all the sportsmen, you know. But it just like depends uh, what you want from your results. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we discussed it here before into an era and I mean that yes, of course, we know there's a problem here. There's a problem everywhere. I've said it many, many times. Last night I was on Russia today for at midnight. I've done interviews yesterday afterwards and today and so on. And the one thing just to, to put it back into context is, you know, when you start playing sports, you know, I, I was like four or five and I started playing football. I mean, you want to play to do your best. When I boxed I wanted to represent my country to the Olympics. Um but I wasn't willing to I was willing to, of course, put my body on the line, but not to do whatever it took to win. And there is that kind of a difference. So if we kind of boil it back down, what are sports all about? And sports are about being, you know, keeping fit, enjoying yourself, socializing. No, it's about result. For it, me, you know, I remember how I was like, uh, my, uh, like uh, going up on to my career. And when I was just like started to play under 14 and then under 16, then I moved to juniors eight, under 18, you know, and then you finally jump to pro tennis. And then you just, uh, the only thing you're just, you are following is your um, numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, when you are first like thousand something, then like uh, 600, then 300, and then you're climbing up, climbing up, and then you just don't realize even what are you doing. It's just like, you know, you're just watching numbers and that's how it works. And uh, then for like okay better sportsmen uh, let's say like this for f- i'm i'm not like the perfect example of like best player <laughs> it's it's honest you know but still and um, what i've heard from other players they have other aims you know when they just first reach something mm-hmm. like let's say uh numbers with two like 61 52 whatever and then they, they just started to uh to make better aims you know just maybe make the fourth round on grand slam it's always about result you know no That's i understand why you that work. i do understand that and i mean it is all about success but there comes yeah, to it, it depends on what you want to do about your body and your mind if you want to push yeah. it yeah i feel i don't know i just feel like it's a bit unfair uh to take something and push yeah. it that far i feel like there's always a line that you shouldn't really cross yeah. Yeah, but which what? has been crossed yeah, but yeah. This is just by for many people in many so countries many, and so many, many times. And so yeah. much time ago. So uh, uh, yeah, it's just like, well, 
I love this word fair. <laughs> Nothing's fair, right? Life is not yeah, fair. I mean, life is not fair, and especially professional sport with such a big money everywhere, you know, involved. It's just like easy to it's say. Not you, Catherine, it's not just money, though. We can we can blame money. We can sit here, and you're right to blame money, but money doesn't I'm come not into it. You know? the money. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, even when there's sports without money involved, people still want to be the best. So you're right. It is results, and they want to be better and better and better, and they want to be superstars. Um, yeah, it's just all about ambitions, you know. It's like in business, it's the same, you know, and in sports, it's the same. It's the same. You, when you just work, you want to be better. Like this is. This is normal. <laughs> but do you want to, you know, me, you know, mess over your colleagues in order for you to climb up the ladder? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> you know, Alan, uh, hmm. you know, professional <laughs> sport, and I just don't want to talk about this seriously because it's just like uh, sounds so funny to me, you know, when everything like this, like big organizations and like big names, uh, big money, still everything when it's like in a big, big shake. Uh, it's just like, it's nothing to say about fair. No, it's true. I mean, that's it's one of the reasons why, you know, that I, I, in 2013, I kind of walked away from working with pro sports because I just saw that, you know, it didn't make sense. You know, like uh, when you say to a parent, I don't think you should send your child to that coach because either A, they're not going to look after them correctly or they're going to do something wrong with them. And then the parents go, oh, but they get results. Yeah, I'm going to it, send my daughter there to Switzerland because it, it gets results. It Sorry, is terrifying Ali. to hear that. Yeah. In all honesty, because... I don't know. It's, it's even worse than what we're talking about. Exactly. Here. A parent's, you know, uh, duty is a duty of care. Yeah. And if they put their, you know, we know one coach in Switzerland, like uh, I won't say his name on air, but you know that you would never send yeah, a child, child to. Yeah. And uh, parents send their kids to this guy because he makes some great tennis players. I'm thinking, no, I mean, that's going to mess up your child for life. Yeah, but then she'd be set for life. Yeah, set for a psychiatrist right. couch. You know, sorry, but that's that's yeah, yeah, but that's true. This is why I walked away, and we know that, and we know that. I mean, and it's, it's, we do know it yeah. quite like well. Okay, so listen, so doping. So the main thing is that the athletes will get there. The main thing is that Russia now has a number of programs that are way, way ahead of the rest of the world in terms of trying to, you know, clean up sport and so on. Even in our own college and in, in so we we're speaking with the children that look, if you need to take something to try and do this or do this I mean then you have to ask yourself are you enjoying it is it worthwhile so okay we're going to go now okay then uh, let's just uh, actually uh, reduce these uh, energetic drinks or something it's I agree I'm down yeah, I, so listen, I, I don't should. touch them. Yeah, I, mean, I don't touch them. Like, yeah. I, I mean, we won't mention... Yeah, we're not talking about you, you know. We have even commercial all around the world, you exactly. know. Exactly. Come on, seriously. It's just like, that's how it works. It well, starts from the simply energetic drinks and then it goes... Well, <laughs> I think it's all higher. about educating people, in that's all honesty. It. Because so many people that's don't it. even know the effects of even energy drinks, yep. even some sports bars, which have... More than 50% of it is made out of sugar, for instance. Yeah. And even sportsmen, they think that they can't handle uh, long distances and everything else without glucose, without that kind of hit of energy. Exactly. Whereas it's it's not true at all. Like no. maybe cutting out the sugar out of your diet will make you even stronger and will have less like inflammation in no, your joints afterwards. Well, you never know. I don't know. Until you yeah, try. But, yeah, but you never did professional sport. Do you understand what, what it means? You know, when you have to overcome every single day yourself. But it's, and then to overcome and make yourself not better but better results that's where you have to put something extra it's always like this when you have to break the record you have to put extra that's it <laughs> yeah but are you going to put this crap in your body well see that's the question uh, it, yeah. this is your decision that's what i think yeah so then if it's if it is an individual decision you know now now it's individual decision of the sportsman if they want to go to play with the neutral flag under the neutral flag or they don't want because exactly. they're patriots you know now this is the decision of the sportsman okay okay we're going to move very, very quickly on because we have to take a call right now we have Daniel Song who's waiting patiently on the line uh, we want to ask him all about um, you world know, his, his world <laughs> cup draw his world cup picks and of course the Manchester derby as well this weekend and our good friend Lena Sulski got fired from Hull City. Uh, Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Alan. How are you? Good to speak to you. Good to Hi speak guys to you. In the studio. Hi. Hello, Danny. Hello. So, Danny, um, we're, we're, we're away from doping because you know I was in the studio last night until quite late uh, talking yeah, with yeah. Andy Farmer and Adira about that. So, um, Danny, quickly straight on to Leonid Slutsky. Um, mm. He got the boot. Uh, justly deserved or just a little bit too soon? 
Um, well, I think it was just for deserved. I think um, the, the contract was terminated by mutual consent, but he's just not been good enough this season. I mean, if you look at Hull, they're in 20th in the table now. They've only got 19 points from those. Um, sorry, yeah, we've got 19 points, only four wins um, since he's been in charge. I don't think he's, he's really good enough from Slutts area. I mean, one of the things that I remember he said, I remember reading an interview with him in the Telegraph um, before he came over, he said he needs to take a step down before he goes into the, the Premier League. But And at the time, it sounded like sort of quite pragmatic and quite profound. But what he didn't quite realise is the fact that a managerial job in the Championship is probably a little bit harder. And uh, they, don't, they don't really have the, the same longevity as, uh, as, as some other leagues. So, um, you know, I, I wasn't surprised to see him go because they've, they've not had a lot of good form this, this season hope. Yeah, we were, um, talk, we were talking to Paul Cockerton from, he's uh, the uh, deputy editor for the Daily Mirror and, uh, and a whole fan to boot. And he said that, like, you know, even while he's won the hearts and minds of the people, uh, mm. that he was up against it with the, uh, well, with the owners who didn't really yeah. back him and he didn't have the money. But he, he himself, Paul said that he hoped that Slutsky would wait or would last until the uh, transfer window and to bring in a few mm-hmm. players and so on. But, you know, football isn't like that. And as you said, yeah. the cha- you know, the championship is 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 a majorly tough division. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. I mean, uh, on on a personal level, you cannot fault what he's done. I mean, he's, he's the first Russian manager in England. He's taking time to actually study the game, study the English game. I know he was up at Cobham, uh, Chelsea. He was studying under twenty three games, under seventeen games, under eighteen games. You name it, he was there. He was at every training session. Um, he's learned the language to quite a decent standard so I mean you can't really fault him on a personal level I mean he's gone out there and he's thrown himself in the deep end it's just just hasn't come out but for Hull I mean they've, they've been in free fall since since they were in the Premiership what did they start last season with 19 fit players exactly, um, exactly. It's just yeah it's just not good enough I mean it, it, it's, there's a lot of issues within the club but I think um, the book stops with the manager unfortunately <laughs> he, he seems to escape got every time but yeah Okay, Denny, and just question from me about tonight's match yeah, with Spartak. Sure. Uh, what's yeah. your reckon? Prediction? What do I reckon? I'm really hoping for a Spartak win, not just because I'm a Russian football fan, I'm a big, big Manchester United fan, so any win against Liverpool oh, is going to be... Oh, uh, I knew that. Any I win against that. Liverpool is going to be welcome. So, I uh, knew that. No, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really hoping Spartak can do it. Um, it's going to be an interesting game because um, everything's on the line for both of them in this game. Um we obviously just saw Saskar go out um, last year, last sorry, last night, not last year, <laughs> um, to um, to Man United. So um, you can see it's been a long, long day full of uh, doping and Olympics. Uh, oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It messes yeah, the brain. Um, yeah, we're, we're hoping that I can go through and sort of carry the uh, the um, Russian torch, as it, you know, no pun intended, no, no, no sort of <laughs> pun towards the Olympics. Um, <laughs> Intended day, yeah. So they can carry the torch for sort of Russian football in the Champions League. So no, yeah, everybody's looking forward to it tonight. We're hoping for a Spartak win, not just here but in Manchester as well. So that'd be great. Brilliant. And listen, um, now on to Manchester, big Manchester derby this mm-hmm. weekend. Now, if United win, they are then putting themselves, you know, kind of they, they've broken the back of this uh, City start to the season. You know mm. that they're not going to be the unbeatables like Arsenal and so on. Um, what do you reckon? Do United have a chance? Like, you know, will will we see United win uh, come what nine fifteen on Sunday evening? Um well I always think yes. Uh, however, I mean if 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 you look at the game if you look at the game on, on Saturday, on Saturday afternoon, well so we've been Saturday night in Moscow, Manchester United can beat anybody on the day. I mean we know that Arsenal have got a few issues, um, sort of defensively, but and I know Manchester City are probably playing the most attractive football in the world at the minute, but at home at Old Trafford, last night the win against Saskia was the 40th unbeaten game at Old Trafford um, in a row, which that's equal the club record. People know, people will take that and say, yeah, well, you like to park the bus at home. Well, yeah, but it works. I mean, well, we, we do need a result against City. In Manchester United, they're not kidding themselves. They need a result. They're eight points behind. If they win, yeah. there'll be five. It's their only real chance to sort of peg City back because they can't sort of win on a Saturday and then uh, City win on a Sunday. Um, okay, at, Old Trafford, any, any, at Old Trafford, anything's possible. But uh, yeah, I'll go for it. Probably United win if they're lucky. Good, good, good. Okay, Denny, and did you enjoy coming Palace on Friday? Oh, the Kremlin Palace is beautiful. What a, what a fantastic place to have any kind of football event. Yeah, it's an absolutely um, beautiful place. There was a uh, there was a host of um, stars at the at the the, the final draw. Um, I think it was fantastic. I know a lot of people came away 
from that a lot of the world's press if they hadn't already just thinking that maybe Russia can really put on so really pull it out of the bag for these uh, the, the, the World Cup events I mean it was absolutely fantastic some of the uh, some of the just to be within within the sort of Kremlin walls was fantastic, and the draw itself was 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 brilliant as well. I mean, sort of Putin said he he opened with Gianni Infantino, and he said, "I hope the World Cup is going to be this um, the main factor in the development of football in this country," which I thought was quite nice to sort of um, sort of begin with, and it sort of set the tone for the whole of uh, the whole of the night. Um, if people weren't buzzing about the World Cup before Friday, I think I think they came away with a, a certain buzz after it. So yeah, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Well, I mean, personally, and though, of course. Uh, yeah. Sorry, and of course, I'm sorry, I just need to say that Russia have got a fantastic group as well. I don't think they could have picked an easier group. So, well, that's uh, it. We were all, discussing all, that. All the Russian football fans happen. Uh, yeah, right? I, I think I think that like they they will open with a, a win against Saudi Arabia. Now, Saudi they came out of Asia, which is not easy because I mean we saw with Australia struggled; they had to go through playoffs and almost lost out to Syria. So I mean it's it's not it's not a given that they're going to beat Saudi Arabia, but I I do I, I'll pick them to come out of the group for the first time. Yeah, in the World I would Cup. do as well. I would do as well. Yeah, I mean it's, it has to be done, really, doesn't it? I mean it's not now. Then, you know, I don't think they ever will. Exactly. But, yeah. uh, Danny, there's one thing that I heard, uh, uh, sort of one of these things ago, like that. Um, you know, there's, there's this, like, you know, hot looking, good looking person uh, who met Victoria Lopredeva in London. Oh, 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 that, that, that young man, that young yeah, man. About that town. handsome yeah, young yeah, guy, yeah. you know. I mean, how, how, how was she <laughs> as the ambassador for Rostov, Danny? Tell us. Uh, 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 oh, Vika, as, as we now call you know, we're on. Oh, Vika, oh, you're on that. Okay, yeah. you're like you're 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 texting back and forward. Okay, that's nice. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. She was absolutely fantastic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, it's getting warmer. And it's getting warmer. hot here. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, somebody needs to open a window here. I think. Um, but yeah, no. Tell us more, Danny. <laughs> Danny, listen, she we. Is, uh, she was fantastic. Yeah, she was all right. She 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 was she was happy to talk. She's quite warm. So yeah. that's that's pure Mancunian. I by the way. I, 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 I educated oh. everyone here in the studio that you're a Mancunian. You see, they didn't understand that. They <laughs> yeah. said, like, what's a... Is that right? I'm right, Danny, haven't I? Mancunian. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, Mancunian, yeah. yeah. There you go. Mancunianets, Mancunianets. Mancunianets, there you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, listen, give, give, give Vika our best. And, uh, Danny, listen, we'll, we'll see you very, very soon. Thanks, okay, William, dude. One last thing, one last yeah. thing before I go. Have you, have you kept your word? I know I came on last time and you said you were going to promise for something. Have you kept yeah, your word? I did, I did. yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I did. She's, she's, in, she's in the Czech Republic right now. <laughs> but, you see, the fact that you posted up about uh, Vika kind of oh, knocked right. things back a bit so she has competition but you know <laughs> absence makes the heart grow fonder and a bit of competition okay. never hurts as well Danny <laughs> no it doesn't it doesn't so maybe I'll uh, you know <laughs> keep the posts from now on but uh, yeah that's good cool. listen Danny thanks for taking take it Thank easy you. dude thanks guys always thanks, a pleasure bye Okay, so we are going to venture out into that dark, snowy night right now. Ollie, we've, we've you've played it blinder today. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're brilliant. Always you're a pleasure. You're Thank Katarina, you, brilliant Thank tonight. you, Alan. Ooh. This is a great <laughs> night. What's this? Ooh, I mean, what is this? Don't direct your innuendo <laughs> towards me. Both are always blushing. I just don't understand. <laughs> this is just what I do. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I was born red, like, you know, so uh, I'm I Irish. I was born white, but I blush. I'm bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you get red. Oh, yeah. 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 I was born red. So, okay, listen, guys, we are finished up for tonight. So, uh, this I is hope. not an excuse. I'm going to run away. I'm going to run away. So, okay, so we're going to play it with a song. Uh, so, thank you, ladies. And uh, thank you, listeners, as well, for putting up with what we were going on in here in the studio tonight. So, our song, our final song, our out song tonight, is the one that Manchester United will be played last night. It's the one that they regularly use. It'll be also at Spartak's game with An in Anfield tonight. So, or Spartak fans who are there will hear it and you will probably hear it on TV it's the one to end our show it's a thank you to Alexander who is going to be hoping Spartak are going to win tonight so it's ultra happy positive and it's very upbeat I hope it's going to keep your night going in the same direction we'll talk with you next week this is the Kaiser Chiefs and there's a hole in my soul Capital Sports with Alan Moore